Blog Talk Radio. There is no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, Lord of Time. Which direction we are going? Nerecchio Camino. We have reached a tipping point. Feltner and the Booker of Southern Honor Wrestling and your hosts. I am Stephen Platinum and I am joined as always by Larry Goodman. Larry, that was a pretty spooky intro. Sorry about the shitty fade, man. This little device that they have at Black Talk is a little hard to maneuver. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, this is going to be quite the show. I'm uh, I'm just curious to see how it's going to go. Of course, Jonathan Feltner, um, the multi-time um, announcer slash commentator of the year in the Georgia Wrestling History Awards, wanted to come on after David Ali um, was our guest on the last Tipping Point Um Larry managed on my request to throw together um, a little audio um, for those of you who didn't get to listen to the Dave Ali, David Ali thing um, or get a refresher. And um, so we're, that's coming up in a bit. But, uh, Larry, you had a number of topics that you, you were interested in covering. What's the one that sort of sticks out to you the most? Well, the, I'll just go with the most recent one, the retirement of Conscious yeah. King Heru, which got a huge response uh, on face on on Georgia Wrestling History's Facebook, um, mm. and um, th- the thing about it is is that the nature of the injury. This is a mouthful. Rhabdomyolysis. It's a it's a Ooh. pretty rare uh, syndrome that involves breakdown of muscle tissue, which results in protein going into the bloodstream, which can then result in serious kidney damage. So um, wow. that's what that is what he 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 spent a week and a half in the hospital, but got there in time wow. before um, any serious damage was uh, evidently before serious kidney damage occurred. So uh, we certainly wish um, King Hero well, well, but that was quite a I, I'd never heard of that disease, and apparently it's you know it's a pretty rare thing. Thank goodness for that at least, and I'm glad he's yeah. going to be okay. Uh, I mean that doesn't that just sounds about as serious as it gets. You know, your muscle breaks down, your kidney kidney shut down, and uh, that's a nightmare. But glad they caught it early, and hopefully he's on his way to a speedy and complete recovery. Um, next thing is you had done a couple of uh, news and commentaries that related to Jeremy Vane and the anarchy, uh, the, the the anarchy show in the uh, that had the uh, yeah yeah hard. Hard, hardcore hell, you know, hardcore they had, hell. They, Thank yeah, you. they had they had the Hall of Fame, and of course, so there was a bunch of a bunch of alumnus uh, abound, right? Um, you know, uh, talent and uh, Jeremy Vane was running around, and obviously the inductees were running around, 
Dan, Jeff, Tank, and Iceberg. And uh, from what I had heard, that Jeremy Vane was sort of shut out of a lot of things or had trouble getting into the locker room and that kind of thing. Tempers had trouble getting in and that kind of thing, and it concerned me. Um, and But then I got a call from one of the higher-ups at Anarchy sort of refuting that, saying, no, that, 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 that it didn't happen that way at all. So what did you find out, Larry? Well, so I was there that night, of course, and there, you know, there's elements of truth in both. What, what I know about it is that when Vane arrived, he was told by an uh, anarchy official that uh, he was informed that guys would not be allowed to hang out backstage, um, and that uh, if the building, and that if the building uh, got full, his kids would need to pay for their seats. Um, but what he didn't know, and only literally a handful of people knew was the reason for that was AJ Styles was, was coming and they did not want people hanging around in the back when Styles, when Styles came in, cause that was to be kept hush hush that he was even there. So, um, when, um, Rick Michaels found out that Vane was there. He gave him access to the to the backstage, and there was no issue later in the evening if Jeremy wanted to go backstage. What was interesting, which you mentioned in one of your posts, is that uh, you know some of the be- veteran guys that they chose not to watch the show at all, and, and you know hung out in the parking lot talking and didn't didn't go in to watch the show really, which is kind of yeah. an interesting point in its own right. So I mean, all of that makes a lot of sense, and. Um... You know, I, I I was just I guess my main thing was it just seemed to me that the culture of the place now things always change, but there there just to be a disconnect between if you want to call it that the old guard and the new show, and, and mm-hmm. I don't and you know no matter what the what the truth is as far as who was let in, who wasn't let in, how things were you know made up for and the reasons for things. I think that that sort of lingering feeling remains, don't you, that, that there is a definite disconnect between the old guard and the shows going on now? Yeah, I don't think, I think that's pretty indisputable. Um, there's a disconnect there. That's a good word for it. And, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't think this was not like a huge deal to Jeremy Vane, but I do think that he doesn't, necessarily feels like super comfortable going and hanging out at the shows now. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the whole thing develops, but as usual, Larry, um, you did the great job of getting the, uh, the more complete story. It's, it's hard to get the, it's almost impossible to ever get the hundred percent truth, but it's, I think, I think what you've sort of ascertained and gotten from talking to people uh, makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of it does make sense and, um, it's probably as close to the truth as we're ever going to know. So that's great. Right. Um, on other topics, I thought it was the, the – um, did you see the photo of all the anarchy guys in Mexico? I did not. Tell me about that. So uh, a bunch of anarchy guys, uh, Logan Creed, Slim J, Master and Machine, um, and some others who were not anarchy guys, Luke Hawks, Shannon Moore, got booked – to Cabo at a big at this El Dorado resort way down on the tip on the on the furthest furthest south point in, in the Baja Peninsula. I mean this is a posh plush place. And yeah. hung out with Olympian Michael Phelps who was there. So what I, the? Yeah. So uh, this is the story I understand and I, I tend yeah. to believe it's true. 
somebody related to this resort, which is a really posh, like I say, place, yeah. Googled wrestling agent and came up with Bill Behrens. Okay. And that's how this show was booked. So Holy that's, that's moly. How, that's, so all these guys got to go down and, you know, hang out at this fantastic resort and put on a show Friday night. And hang out with the Olympian. <laughs> That's the best. I, you know, I guess some of my fondest memories of anything wrestling related is usually the stuff that's only loosely wrestling related. Whether it's, um, you know, the uh, CPAC, which is a company that um, there's sort of competition of like the Gordon's Fisherman people. So CPAC, you'll see they have like beer battered shrimp and, you know, tempura shrimp and all this different, all this different seafoods. They kind of share equal space with Gordon. So they're the big rivals. That company once hired me to do like a wrestling thing to open up their big sales meeting. So that, that was one of the weirdest things I ever did. And it's probably the most money I ever made. I think, I, I think I got a bunch of like just a small group of wrestlers paid like $1,000 each, and then I got a little <laughs> bit more to MC this thing. And, I mean, it was, it was like a, it was like a five-minute deal, Larry. And they treated <laughs> us like royalty. Like, we went out for steak dinners, and we stayed in a really nice hotel and all this kind of stuff. Um, they're on uh, Tybee Island. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's it's amazing the the places wrestling can take you, that's for sure. And so I'm glad those guys got to have a great old time. Probably go to the resort and just, you know, everything's on the house, and they just get to they get to be rock stars and just have the time yeah. of their lives on a weekend. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, it, you, you could see it in the photo that everybody's, like, pretty, pretty damn happy. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, <laughs> was the uh, – uh, the fallout from the uh, SCI showdown is, of course, now the next thing is the uh, Scenic City Invitational itself in August. And, you know, it was a good show. And they got a better response out of the local fans than at least the last one I, that I was at. I was not at the um, Rumble show, but the Trios show. Okay. There definitely was a better response than that. But it's just this interesting time we're in. That they had like 500 kids at the pep rally, and they had to pay five bucks to go to the pep rally. And once they paid their five bucks for the pep rally, they could go to the wrestling show for free. And yeah. literally, none of them did. I mean, maybe like a handful of kids out of all those kids wow. went to the show, and they could have they could have gone for free. So it just, you know, clearly there's no interest. And I know this from my um, nephew. There's no interest among high school kids for pro wrestling unless they're in that little group of, like, hardcore wrestling fans. God bless them. But if they're not in that group, they couldn't care less about pro wrestling. And it just reminds me of this weird time we're in where WWE is making more money than ever. And they're the actual – and shrinking, the actual popularity is going down. Right. In the States, certainly. I think that's – certainly the case uh, you, you know one of the things on your list of topics to talk about and maybe this segues into that is this idea of ring of honor being the odd one out i i, I just mm-hmm. found i just found the sentence intriguing larry did you want to kind of like uh, explain well, that more so i mean in, in the, part of it dovetails off what you were saying about the local scene is that either it's going to be sort of a thrive or survive kind of situation you know um 
you, as far as, you know, who's going to do – if you're not doing well, you may just be out of business. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm not saying Ring of Honor is going to be out of business because they've got Sinclair behind them. But with AEW coming up and signing people right and left, where does this really league for Ring of Honor? And it really what kind of leads me to question it is like having, uh, you know – Kaz and in 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 what's his name in there and the beautiful people come and debut. That seems like a really left turn for Ring of Honor. Um I but agree. on the other hand, they don't have the same amount of like great in ring talent that they've had in the past. So what do they do? When you're when you're the far I mean it's not it's it's analogous to ECW in their final year. What do you do when the, like I said, I've said this many, many times, right? There's nothing worse than being the third horse in a three horse race. It's the worst conceivable thing in a business model, especially in pro wrestling. Even when wrestling has been hot, whoever was third suffered. Right. If it was WCW and WWF being the UWF was the worst thing that you could be. Right. If it was WWF slash E and WCW, ECW was in the worst spot. And Ring of Honor is clearly because you're not just a third horse in a three horse race. You're a distant third. And I think right now, perception wise, and you can just see this on the indie level in Georgia, the excitement for Ring of Honor is really non-existent. When they come into a show, it sells out and people are into it. But there's right now, AEW has come on like a storm and they haven't done anything yet. That's what I think is so amazing about that phenomenon. They really haven't done anything, but they get all of the headlines, you know. And Ring of Honor is just sort of left out in the cold. That's what it seems yeah. like anyway. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out over the longer run um, once AEW really gets cooking, and presuming they do get on, you know, TNA. I mean, on uh, TNT or TBS, if that, you know, they really get that live two-hour time. Um, can they really build an audience for that they'll need to have to to be on on that kind of level of cable TV? Um, we, I guess it would depend. I mean, my 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 rough guess is it just comes down to simply promotion. Another thing I think hurts Ring of Honor that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, Sinclair Broadcasting's reputation has taken a number of broadside hits as a general thing in the last couple of years, and because uh, they're they're a famously conservative outfit, but when that thing came out where they took every one of the news anchors in the various smaller markets, and then they dubbed. Did you see this? When yes, they were giving I did. Speech, I mean, it it was it was pretty frightening. And yes. again, not that wrestling and politics necess- that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm you know, Vince McMahon is sort of a famous conservative and things like that. But I think there is this perception Sinclair is. Sort of, um, I don't, I don't know what the word is, but it, they're not, they're not the real thing. Like no one thinks of them, I think, as a real network or a real thing. It just feels very second rate, and um, I don't know. It's tough because, because of course, Ring of Honor has been such an integral part 
of providing wrestling talent, of being sort of a different take. That's the other thing that hurts them is at one point they kind of represented an extreme and a big choice. Now, I mean, how many ring of honors are there like smaller versions of ring of honor? There's quite a few, you know, in like everybody kind of apes, apes, you know, their ring style and now false finish big matches are sort of the, the, the coin of the realm. There's there, what makes ring of, I always ask like what makes pro wrestling special when there's so many different forms of entertainment that seem to do so many things pro wrestling does better, but what is ring of honors claim of being number one in anything anymore? I'm not sure what it is. I think they've got a real problem there. If they're not having the best in ring, which you could, which they, we could say they don't. And, you know, if you want to hire Enzo and Kaz and the beautiful people, that's fine. But that does, is the ring are the Ring of Honor fans going to take to that? I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of um, doubt it too. I mean, it, it's hard when the undisputed like is Ring of Honor better than NXT? I don't think it is. Oh hell no! <laughs> like, and certainly when NXT busts out their quarterly, you know, big show, it's generally regarded as the best wrestling show going. And I mean, and it's full of old Ring of Honor guys and old TNA guys, and it's kind of like Impact. No matter how good Impact supposedly is, and people keep saying the few people that watch, no, it's never been better. It doesn't matter. It's right? It, just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. This this is a tangent, but I found this sort of mind-boggling. Dave Meltzer called, uh, uh, related to the last NXT TakeOver, he called uh, the um, the main event, Gargano and Cole, the best match in WWE history. Holy moly. I, you know, I know, like, wow, talk about covering a lot of ground. Really? <laughs> I'm going to coin, coin a phrase right now. Um, because Meltzer has done a lot of, you know, dubbing certain matches six-star matches now and that kind of thing. Uh, I think it's one of those where, in an attempt to sort of remain, I think it's a combination of, it's an attempt to sort of remain hip, you know, the bar is kind of low, and so the highs seem that much higher. I'm going to call it metzerbole <laughs> instead of hyperbole. I think he's sort of <laughs> fallen into that trap. I think no, I think the, the, new, the, the trend amongst indie wrestling people is to go like, Milter doesn't matter, and he's a dirt rat. And, and again, it shows the just sheer level of ignorance. The, the, the number of things that we would not know without Dave Meltzer, I think would really shock people. I, I, I don't think, for example, the Montreal screw job becomes a thing without Meltzer. I don't think people understand how integral he was to breaking that story. Yeah. How trusted yeah. he was with wrestlers, how, how he's kept wrestling promoters who, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, are not the most honest people in the world, honest. And he's the best chronicler of wrestling's history. He still writes a fantastic obituary, though I will say I read like Mike Munahan's thing where he did a bunch of obituaries of wrestlers, and his are really good too. They are. Meltzer is an integral part 
of the wrestling scene. And he is not, I think in this age where so many people are just like, it's just internet wrestling sites that, you know, mistake their opinions for facts. And so we think everybody's that, but Meltzer's a whole different thing, man. And uh, he deserves respect. Even when he's saying fucking insane things like some match at NXT is the greatest match in WWE. I mean, that's just, I, I, I can't even, I'm not even going to, merit the argument honestly like, <laughs> I'm just I'm not even going to sit here and try to rack my brain and think of what are the WWF matches that were better because it's 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 just an absurd notion on its face um well, so I you know <laughs> one last one last tidbit and we've gone over time and Jonathan's waiting and I'm, I apologize Jonathan, yes, for please. you in the wings but I have to I have to tip my hat to you on this that wrestling uh uh speech show which I had a lot of doubts about, has now surpassed easily the Georgia Wrestling Award Show for most downloads. <laughs> nice. So I think it's. I think. I think my um, my listing of who did the best, who did the worst, is the most watched video out of my wrestling related ones. <laughs> And speaking of that, here's our segue. So David Ali, who I said shit the bed, and I said he was the second worst speech, wanted to come on, presumably to redeem himself, though in his rant he said it was not about redemption, and he went rather hard at me and you. Uh, Do you have that audio clip before we bring Jonathan on? I do have an audio clip, and let's see if it will play. The wonders of the internet. Yeah, because you're your main fan. Yeah, because you're your main fan base or older guys, guys who are like in your age range, guys who are from your era, guys who are, who are used to a certain type of wrestling. But they need to hear this, and they need to hear this loud and clear, so that way they can feel better about progressing forward in their careers. Okay. Nothing the two of you say matters. And I know, I know that's like the atypical thing to say for somebody who, who's like me, talking to somebody who's like you, to a bunch of guys who are like you, but nothing you all say matters. Because at the end of the day, you praising me or you saying that I'm bad or that I, I shat the bed doesn't affect my career, and it won't affect my career. It will never affect my career or anybody else's career who you comment on. You guys are glorified marks who somehow had enough money to get their own radio show. So that way they can talk about how they feel about wrestling and what they think about wrestling. And somehow over time, somehow over time, it's just turned in and worked into what Larry Goodman says and what Steve Platten says is God's honest truth. And it ain't. And it never will be. It can't. Like, who are you guys to begin with? I, I know Larry Goodman is a guy that goes to a bunch of these, the same shows and brings the same guys over and over and over again, which allow other, other promotions to book the same guys over and over again because they care about what you think. I know Steve Platinum is, well, let me get this straight. I, I did this thing called homework. Um, you, you own Platinum Championship Wrestling. Oh, it's, okay. Oh, Platinum Championship Wrestling. Okay. So, so when I called here and I gave my little speech that Aja pretty much gave perfectly in my place, my dad, 
Multiple time Georgia announcer of the year, Jonathan Feltner. Welcome back to the Tipping Point, sir. Good evening, gentlemen. How are we doing tonight? <laughs> Not too bad. Doing good, man. I, I was exci- I was so excited about you coming on that I like time just goes by in a blur, as you know, because you have kids and like you work, and so like everything goes by. I oh, saw it again. I thought again last Tuesday was this Tuesday. So I was all like talking to Larry. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I put this announcement about the show tomorrow. And he's just like, no, it's not till the 30th. Steve. And I was just like, oh. And I was, I was genuinely disappointed. Like, man, I fucking couldn't wait to get felt around. That's why I wanted to play the clip because, you know, it was, it was uh, two weeks ago and I just wanted it to be fresh in everybody's memory, including yours. So. Right. Yes. right. Good, good to see you. Good to have you on. Yeah, it's good to be back on. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, out of my element, I guess. Normally, I call these things, and it's, you know, the award show. So actually, being on here and having a platform, you know, to speak and, and things of that nature is uh, definitely different air for me. If that makes any sense. <laughs> it is, and and you know what? I just wanted to kind of open it up to you. You asked for the time, so please, I don't let me. You know, as you, I usually do talk over everything. Just uh, what, what did you want to come on and say? Well, and I, I'm glad that you played the kid clip again because I had, you know, I'd forgotten about it. You know, like you said, uh, kids and work and jobs and careers, stuff can kind of get lost in the blur and, you know, with responsibilities and things of that nature. But um, whenever I had listened to the clip, um, I was actually listening to li- to hear the, uh, the Jeff G. Bailey speech about the landmark arena hall of fame deal which is a tremendous honor and um kind of heard the david ollie thing and i'm going to throw a disclaimer out because in case he's listening david this is not a knock on your door and i'm not trying to you know start things door dressing history trying to you know get me killed or whatever this is just me you know kind of using what he said in in my eyes as a bigger kind of a bigger problem that we have in wrestling and really in georgia wrestling in general and I had actually had popped up um, a thing at work today. I had a couple of minutes extra. And I guess if you would want to call this my state of wrestling address, if you all would humor me and allow me to read that, and then you could just kind of give your thoughts and your critique on it. Would that be something you all be interested in listening to? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. All right, well, here it is. Okay. To me, it seems like really in the past couple of years, and it can probably be traced back farther than that, but to me, it seems like criticism is not handled nearly as well as it used to be in society and especially in wrestling, Georgia wrestling in general. Skin is definitely a lot thinner than it used to be. Nowadays, somebody can tell another person, hey, you're not cutting the mustard, you're not up to par, get better. In most cases, it's not received well at all. Now, in the days of Facebook and other social media outlets, we can go directly to one of those platforms and immediately air our grievances, or in some cases, call the radio show. 20 to 30 years ago, if that had happened, I'm sure there would be some quote-unquote stiff repercussions. I remember when I first got started with APW in Western Georgia, and I would tell him to his face that he's gotten softer over the years, but Jeremy Vane probably told me at least twice a month that I sucked and that I needed to either get better or get out. 
I saw the man throw many a Coke can and all kinds of stray objects around the locker room to get his point across. But at the end of the day, I still loved him, and I appreciated what he said. I never went online and made statements like, well, he has no right to say that to me. How dare he do that? Back then, I guess that's what Stephen refers to as eating shit. But I did it because I wanted to get better. I used it as a catalyst to prove people wrong, and I hope I have at least done some of that and earned somewhat of somebody's respect. Or another instance, and I'm sure you all will appreciate this, and this is my own personal Jeff G. Bailey story. It got me into a room one time at Anarchy in the production room before a show and told me that during in-ring promos, I didn't need to be talking to the ref because if I didn't care about the promo, why should the fans? And he was right, and I never did it again. So I guess this is my kind of way of saying that the bottom line is that criticism in Georgia wrestling is going to happen. It's inevitable, and we can either allow it to be detrimental or influential to us and our performances. We have to do better. The end. That's kind of what I had typed up as far as my thoughts on what I got out of that David Ali thing. And I just wanted to share that. Nice. I I got to say it's it's different than what I thought you were going to say. Um, and I, I really appreciate it. And uh, Larry, what, what's, what were you thinking when Jonathan was talking? I was thinking in that just in general, it's like shoot first and ask questions later. And people are so quick to express opinions in reaction to something rather than like chewing on it and doing some discerning and thinking about it. That's what I don't, that's one thing I don't like about the, Facebook and, and social media, just this boom, 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 quickly firing opinions. And I guess, the, you know, so I guess it's kind of in line with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I, yeah, you know, like I, the, the video audio didn't sync up, so we didn't put it up. I'll have to fix it and put it back up. But like in this the latest video um, called Platinum Storytime, I tell the story of like Mason failing to get color um, at Sacred Ground 2, and then how when he finally, like, got that ridiculous gusher hard way at Sacred Ground 3, it, would, like, it showed how important blood could be if it's used properly, blah, 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 blah. But, but I opened that thing with just basically showing that picture of uh, <laughs> Daryl Morris and that pitiful, I guess you can call it a blade job. I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. It was nothing, right? And so, and and yeah, I tore into him, but at the same time, it's like Larry told something to me a long time ago about his reports because it's always been sort of en vogue to sort of critique Larry, right? He's never taken a bump, like the same dumb, tired arguments, right? Um, and, yeah. then, and then Larry and I were talking about it, and Larry just goes, you know, the, the main purpose of my reports is so guys can see what they're doing from a different perspective. It, they, they don't have to think it's right necessarily, but it's always good to have that other viewpoint. Um, how the hell else are you going to get better, right? Unless somebody goes at you a little bit. And that speech, I mean, those two-minute speeches, and again, Larry was not high on the idea, and he especially wasn't high on the idea that I was restricting it to two minutes and all this stuff, but I was like – you know, that's not a lot to ask, right? If you feel passionate about something and you can't talk about it for two minutes in an effective manner, um, you probably shouldn't be in pro wrestling, or at least you shouldn't be talking in wrestling. <laughs> uh, and no, and until you 
until you get better, right? I'm not saying David Ali should never speak again, right? See, Nick should never speak again. That one's a little closer to the truth, right? But, but my God, like, get better. I mean, we've all had shit the bed moments. That's not the point is that I'm saying I've never shit the bed. The point is get better. And I'm, I'm, I'll be the one to tell you what I think. And that's all it is at the end of the day. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And that's, it's pretty much just going by what you'd said. I mean, wrestling is, is half of it is just talking and it's talking effectively. That's one of the reasons why I suck at commentary because I can talk BS all day long, but I can, I can ring announce, but my commentary skills are putrid. I, I cannot, I'm just, I'm not a commentator. So it, that's just that, and that's one thing that I'm I'm definitely okay with being open about, and I don't get a lot of opportunities to do it, and that that's probably one of the reasons why I'm not that good at it. But whenever you know, it's just one of those catch twenty two things. But I mean, being able to talk for a, a little bit of a time and and make it coherent and make it make sense. There's, I mean, that's not really a whole lot to ask. It's just putting your coherent thoughts together, and, you know, and trying to make them make sense. It, you know, Absolutely. That's, kind of what, that's just what I kind of got from that. Right on, man. Well, th- thanks for coming on. I, mean, I know you had to wait around for me and Larry to stop gabbing, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what do you got? What do you have coming up wrestling-wise? I actually, I have a, I have a good May. Um, I've got um, two PWX shows in in May. Mm. I've got one on the twelfth in Concord, and I've got another one on the nineteenth in Charlotte, and then I've got a Disruptor Pro in Delonica. So that's kind of my my May for the much. I, I've since my son's, you know, gotten older, I'm kind of trying to, you know, do quantity over quality and, you know, or quality yeah. over quantity and not, not do as much, but make the ones that I, I do count. And, you know, obviously I've got APW that's still pretty close to my house and I try to go there, you know, and do roles and just kind of help out with the young talent. So that's kind of where I'm at right now as far as um, wrestling related. And I got, I got the chance actually in February to go work with New Japan Pro Wrestling in Nashville, yeah. in Charlotte. That was a real fun. That was a real fun experience. And those people right there, if you want to talk about, you know, <laughs> having their stuff together as far as their wrestling, they take their wrestling probably as serious as anybody that I've ever seen in my life. But it was a, mm-hmm. it was a good experience, and it was definitely something that kept me on my toes. And it was, it was a nice measuring stick of where I wanted to be, you know, bringing out some lives. So that's kind of what I've got coming up, and what I've had, you know, the, the, the privilege of, to do here in the past couple months. Right on. Well, thanks, man, for coming on. And you know, anytime that you wanna wanna come on and and state your say your piece, please do because I I thought that was a nice that was a nice counterpoint. Again, if me and Larry sort of have something to say, of course, you know, then it it comes across a certain way. It's nice to hear from somebody else, especially somebody. I mean, multiple award winner and a guy that's definitely been there and done that. And a guy who's, who's, you know, you are a rookie once too. And those stories were great. And uh, yeah. So, so thanks for coming on, man. Well, I appreciate the time and um, you all keep doing what you're doing and just um, keep making people mad because it's entertaining for the rest of us. If that makes <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Appreciate it, John. Thank you all, uh, yeah. Y'all enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you. Take care. Right on. Right on. Uh, you know, I, I wanted, of course, to give Dylan, like, a ton of time because there's just a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. And uh, the mo- most important thing is, of course, it's this Friday, Larry. Can you believe it? Yeah. This Friday, um, Southern Honors, humongous show, already announced 
you know, Cody Rhodes is going to be there with Pharaoh and, you know, just Shannon Moore and uh, like the women's match looks incredible. And, um, you know, I've gotten, gotten little sneak peeks and I know you have two of diff- different things. And again, I'm calling it, it's the biggest show. They're going for a thousand fans. Of course, that's the thing that's been out there again and again, that they're going for a thousand fans, but, um, what hasn't been said is it's a show that's uh, worthy of that and more. And uh, again, I, I cannot fathom not being at that show if you're in the Georgia area and you call yourself a wrestling fan, a wrestling person, or wrestling anything of any kind. Um, just the sheer size of the event and what they're going to be able to pull off, um, it's incredibly exciting, is it not? Yeah, well, let's talk to the man himself because I think we got him on the line. Please. Dylan Freimeyer, a.k.a. Sunny Days, the new signee of AEW. Are you there, sir? What's going on, guys? Thanks for – yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yes, sir, we can hear you. Awesome. Thanks for having me. First of all – I want to apologize if I sound exhausted because that would be correct. But (laughs) I'm uh, very thankful. I'm very thankful uh, to be on, so thanks for having me. Well, I'm 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 excited for the both of us. So, um, first of all, happy birthday, motherfucker! Was it your birthday yesterday? <laughs> yeah, it was. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. How, how old are you? How old are you uh, now? <laughs> I just turned 28. So, um, so yeah, so 28. My God, so 28. You're booking the show that's going to be, at the very least, the top-drawing show in the state for the entire year, uh, unless Southern Honor somehow tops it by the end of the year, right? You're, you're, right. you're booking that show. You're coming to, into your own as a booker. I think this is the year where you get where, – where people finally acknowledge the fact that you're doing the booking and that it's your vision, that people are helping, but it's you. And that's happening. The sunny days thing the AEW thing, all of this is happening before you right now. Um, of course you're exhausted, but Friday, I mean, Friday, you're going to be, you know, shot with electricity, uh, no doubt. Um, man, I, I got I to gotta ask you this random question because you know how I do. Right. What's the thing that you're least worried about about Friday? Out of all the big things that you're a part of, you've got a match, You've got this stuff coming up with AEW. You, you know, you're, the show that you're booking is going to have some of the most important talent in the country, in the world, in the wrestling world on it. What's, what's the thing that you're least worried about? Uh, the thing I'm least worried about is the matches that we've booked for this show mm. are going to be top-notch matches. Um, I trust every single person I ever book, and um, – I knew when we started this thing, um, when Gary called the shot for the thousand people, I knew I wanted to do an indie show that was worthy of that, you know, no filler matches, all great talent. And, um, you know, I helped book superstars of wrestling in 2015 and we drew, you know, 1500 people or something, but it was a stacked super show. You know, I wanted to do something special with, with no names. Um, Shannon Moore was the only name at the time. And, um, you know, Cody came on about two weeks ago, um, less than two weeks before the show. So 
I mean, we were pushing for a thousand, no matter what we what the the hand was dealt, you know. And um, it was all about trusting the guys I put in the ring, and I and I try to book that way, no matter what show it is. Um, I try because I worry. I do all the production, I do all the booking. Um, I stress about numbers all the time as well um, on the business end of things with Gary. So the last thing I want to be worried about on a Friday night is are the guys out in the ring doing what they should be doing. And that's putting on a great show. And and that's one thing I have full trust in every single person I book. I I was going to say that in in my next thing is um, I got a sneak peek. I hope you don't get mad at him, but somebody showed me the the video that you're going to show to open the show. Um, it's fucking great. First of all, it's great. Of course, it's fucking great. And I you did it. it. And it's the, and that and that blew me. I didn't know that you did it until after I had watched it. And I was like, holy shit. Because I, I, I compared it to um, the videos that – there was a guy named Al Donzo who I met. Um, he worked camera for those old Sam Stone studio shows. Remember those, Larry? And so yes. Al Donzo was the camera guy, but Sam Stone was a piece of shit. So, so um, I, I created this fake story of like we needed the ring, we were renting the ring, but we really just ditched them, <laughs> set up the ring somewhere else, and started running the school somewhere awesome. else. But, but Al Danzo came with me because he was like, "You're the reason that I, I'm doing this shit." And so Al Danzo used to put together these videos for PCW, and they were just awe-inspiring. And I remember the one that he put together for the opening of our first sacred ground, which is our first huge show. And yours sort of invoke that. I'm not saying it's the same. It's definitely your thing and it's great. And it's very modern in its sort of take on wrestling. It's just exciting as hell, but it, just in terms of the quality and the sort of feeling that I know it's going to inspire, not just in the fans who are going to know that they're in a big time show, right? Light, smoke machine, that video, it's the production level is top notch, no doubt about it. But I think it's right. the feeling that it's going to give the boys and the women in the back where they know we're not just playing, playing wrestler. We're not playing right. like we're doing this big deal, but it's really important to only us. It's only really big in, like, the mode of our mind's eye. No, they're in a legit big-time show. Um, right. And, I mean, you should be incredibly proud. And, and, in fact, people who are listening to this, and I know I sound like a show for Southern Honor. I swear to God they don't pay me <laughs> a dime. But just for that video alone and the surprise that I know about, if you don't go to this fucking show, you're an idiot. Because there's even if it's on a webcam or even if it's shown later, it's it's wrestling is meant to be seen live. I'm sorry if I sound like Lou fucking Thez or something, but wrestling is meant to be um, you're present, you feel the energy yeah. of the crowd, and you experience things as they happen, and you get to be surprised, right? Um, there's just no right. way video can do it justice. So people, you need to get to the show because from what I've seen from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, you're going on an emotional, that cliche of the emotional roller coaster. I think you've done a great job. You and Gary and the boys have done a great job of setting yourself up for the possibility of a great success. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole video thing, that's always been our vision. Our, our vision has always been to make it a destination place to make it feel like, a big time show and um yeah i put that video together last week and it was a lot of fun and um 
I can't give enough credit to the boys that take the time to be at those shoots and and those kinds of things as well because if it wasn't if it wasn't for and I think it's and that's where the trust is built as well because they see what we want to build and they take they have pride in themselves their look um you know and and, and showing up to some of those video shoots and stuff because it's hard to go to do that during the week and and stuff like that and you know how indie wrestling is some guys they don't want to do anything if they're not getting paid and sometimes you just got to take a chance and every almost everyone i booked has taken a chance on me and i tried to put that back by doing the music videos and like every single person has an entrance video and i can see people when they're in the ring before the show and and i'm testing the videos and they feel that and exactly what you just were saying and and that's what wrestling I think is all about is, and especially independent wrestling, like, you know, this is our stage. So why not go out there and put on the best show possible every time we step out there, no matter if that's from walking in the door and there's a one hour timer. So that we make sure we start on time and it's on the wall that everyone sees, or if that's the entrance videos um, and, and to the finishes of the matches. So everything is very thought out. Um, and it, yeah, and it needs to feel big time. And that's why we did, for instance, you know, like I said, we didn't have Cody at first. So we were trying to shoot for a thousand people. And I built, I built those videos of Alan Angels, AC Mack, Shannon Moore, those stories. And I just, I knew that I wanted that match to feel like a main event of a thousand fan show. And I knew I had to make stories because you know, if we're averaging four to six hundred people a show, there's a huge gap of people that have never seen our stuff. So if you take them on that emotional roller coaster, as you said, um, and people start to invest in your characters and and also feel the real life story of those characters as well, and you can see AEW is doing that kind of thing. Um, that's how people get emotionally connected with your products and your shows. Yeah, and, and uh, if you haven't seen those videos, folks, um, the eight, excuse me, the Alan Angels video is on gwhnewsandnotes.blogspot.com, and the, the AC Mac video will go up tonight, and then I'll post the Shannon Moore video a little bit later. And all three of those were just really excellent. That's some really excellent work, man. I got to say. Um, uh, by the way, we've lost Steve. Hopefully, he will be back with us, but he has disappeared from the studio. So uh, oh, no. hopefully, his, hopefully he will call back in. Um, I have an admission uh, to make, uh, Dylan. I got to say, when I saw you work in those opening matches at AWE down there on Spring Street, never in a million right. years did I think you'd be in the position <laughs> you're in now. Congratulations. Right. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, um, been, a, it's been a crazy roller coaster. Um, you know, it'd be easy for me to say I'd never, I would never see this happening for myself. Um, being in the battle Royal, like, cause I, ha- I would never have guessed that, you know, I, I said it before is when I got into wrestling, I got into wrestling for myself. Um, I knew I was five, seven, 300 pounds. So the goals of making it to the WWE and stuff, I kind of pushed out of my head and it wasn't because I didn't believe in myself. I was just very realistic. And if I, wasn't realistic about what I was doing. I was beginning, I was going to become bitter, you know? 
Um, and you see, we see that a lot in this business. Um, so I knew every time I stepped in the ring, that was my platform and that was my opportunity. And, you know, I've been wrestling for 11 years and I try to get better every time, but it wasn't really until, you know, I started connecting with my character as sunny days, um, when things kind of started to happen and the rest of it has been just blessings, luck, um, hard work, um, maybe in different areas, um, hard work of the 10 years of, of wrestling. So, um, yeah, I've been very blessed and that's, that's the key word is blessed. I'm very thankful. Do you expect that the, as far as the AEW in ring, Will it be more than the Battle Royal, or is this a one, like a one-time shot? I believe it's a one-time thing um, as far as as right now, and I'm totally cool with that. I mean, like I said, it's more than I've ever expected anyway. Um, I felt very happy and blessed to just be editing videos for AEW. So mm-hmm. just to have my hand in the cookie jar, of what could possibly be, you know, who knows what AEW is going to be, but it has the potential to be huge and to have, you know, my hand in that a little bit has been amazing. So when this announcement came on um, and and Cody told me about the Battle Royal, I was shocked. Um, I was speechless. And um, if that's my only moment, I'm totally cool with that. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to get be- better shape for this because it wasn't something I was prepared for. You know, I've been in better <laughs> shape. I've, I've battled. I've been. Uh, I've battled weight up and down my whole life. I I fluctuate a good sixty pounds here and there. Um, and it's funny because I say, well, why didn't this happen? You know, six months ago when I was closer to two ninety, but mm-hmm. in, instead of three twenty, but Ever since then, you know, um, yeah, I was I wasn't in my best shape, um, but I also said, you know, I might not be in my best, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best because this is my opportunity, this is my memory, this is my moment. Um, no matter what it turns into, um, no one's gonna be able to take it away. Um, you know, if you've seen the videos or you've seen some, like they posted a picture of me being in the battle royal, and there's a bunch of trolls on there and stuff. I mean, they're all going to be watching me in Vegas, and that's pretty special um, because I've been very – I just never expected anything like this to ever happen, and I'm going to take it one moment at a time because if I think about everybody else, I'm going to – I'm not – and that was a thing too. When I got awarded this thing, this spot, I thought – do you really deserve it? I looked in the mirror and I, I kind of questioned, man, but I watched a guy like Logan Creed bust his ass all the time. Or I, everyone on my roster could be there. Everyone deserves to be there. Everyone that works on the independence every single week. Um, I mean, this could have happened to anyone. And it took me a couple of days to try to push those kind of thoughts out of my head because I'm, I'm a very kind guy, and I kind of think about everybody else. But I'm gonna I'm gonna miss out on my opportunity and and enjoying this ride. Um, so I'm trying to do that a little bit more. Very cool. Uh, let Let me ask you about uh, 
Cody Rhodes coming on board for a second because I know when they did that uh, Come Hell or High Water show in uh, in Norcross in February on Super Bowl weekend, until right. Cody Rhodes was announced and there began to be buzzing about maybe Young Bucks being there and so forth, ticket sales were terrible. Um, and then right. then they real then they really picked up. Has Cody has the Cody announcement been an influence on ticket sales for y'all? Uh, we were actually drawing pretty good. We were um, so when you call your shot like Gary has, and Gary is a master promoter. Um, I think he's proven that over the last eight months of doing this for eight shows. Um, so we we didn't know what to expect, but we knew that if you challenge someone. People like to answer challenges. So if you're challenging your fans to bring friends and to pack that place out, people like to rise to a challenge. For instance, that February, the Super Bowl show, we challenged for 500 people. We got 600 people. And we were running against that show that you're talking about. Um, so we were drawing pretty good. Uh, definitely Cody, adding Cody um, has definitely helped. I think, um, you know, show week is usually a good selling. You sell a lot of tickets show week. But I think there's just a lot of excitement and a lot of buzz between Cody, between the main event, between what could be the surprise. Um, you know, there's a whole AEW roster, like, um, who, who, you know, could someone be coming, um, you know, surprises. And, and Gary's great at – at creating that controversy or creating that sense of doubt. And it doesn't hurt that we have had surprises in, in the past. Um, on our first show, Diamond Dallas Page showed up in more in support of me, but he came out to the crowd and that wasn't announced. And um, then we've had things occur, occur since. Uh, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, um David, David Arquette, Arquette showing so, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. So when you when you guys say anything could happen, you never know what can happen. Well, you've already shown that that's true. You're not just talking. Right, right. Yep. So, and that's always been our thing. We've always wanted to create something that's just different. Um, you know, I came on to your guys' podcast before our first show, and, you know, there was definitely a lot of doubt. And not going to lie, I had a little bit of doubt myself. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was the first time Gary and I were working together. Um, you know, we were we worked well together, but you know, it's kind of that whole, um, you know, either show up or or you don't. And I, we we showed up for each other. He made sure there's asses in the seats. I made sure the show was there, and that that partnership has built, and we've only grown since. And um, that partnership has been the catalyst for bigger and better things. You know, what, whatever, whatever people may want to say about Gary Lamb, uh, and people said a lot of things about Gary Lamb, I have to <laughs> say this. I, I don't think Georgia independent wrestling has ever seen a promoter like Gary Lamb and a, as a promoter that good. Um, and, right. I mean, it's, it's raised the bar for Georgia wrestling across the board that he is, you know, doing what he's doing promotionally. Right. Yeah, and you look at, you know, we said we wanted to change the game, and it's very cliche in wrestling, And but other shows are growing. Other posters are looking better. Um, there is, you know, people are 
trying to be better. My whole thing was be better. Um, people are trying to be better. Uh, these crowds are growing to other places, and I feel like that's because people are out there doing the old school promoting like Gary is doing. I feel like they feel like, oh, it's a competition. But, all right, well, we're going to grow our crowd to show that we're not going away, and that's great. You know, that's awesome. Um, the fact that two of the biggest drawing crowds in Georgia are in one town, one city, um, and can is a great thing. Um, you know, I'm from the north, and I didn't really have a, a bone to fight in, in the south when it came to doing all this, so I had nothing to lose. But I have fallen in love with Georgia wrestling. And I love the South. I love Atlanta. Um, I don't ever see myself going anywhere else. So to be able to build something, you know, in such a short amount of time and also see other places rally or become better because of it. Um, and I'm not taking, we're not taking all the credit for other people's success, but sometimes you just got to look in the mirror and challenge yourself. And, and sometimes all you need is a little push or a challenge. Uh, uh, Dylan, in terms of the perception of Southern Honor by talent, uh, have things changed in terms of how much you're getting hit up from out-of-state talent wanting to come in and be on Southern Honor shows? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I get I get hit up all the time, and I want to apologize because I'm the worst at responding to everybody um, because, you know, I have my own visions and stuff, but I just – I'm if I'm not working on – AEW, I'm working on SHW when it comes to editing or putting on the show. So I don't always get to respond to everyone, but yes, there's a lot of people, especially Florida, I think. Um, yeah. A lot of people from Florida trying to come up. Um, actually, quite a few MLW guys from down there. Um, you know, we got Lance Anoye from from the uh, Samoan Dynasty coming from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so um, then I also have, you know, I have a bunch of friends and stuff from the north that would love to come down. Um, but it's also got to make sense for me um, and for us as a company financially. But everything, yeah, everyone's trying to get on Southern Honor, and it's a great feeling to have. Um, there's definitely been a, a shift in respect after proving yourselves a little bit. Um, and I'm I'm ex- expecting this weekend to uh, to boost those messages. <laughs> so, Dylan, I'm back on. Thank, thank, uh, oh, thank, thank awesome. Buddha. Um, so, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna fire a bunch of questions at you. I just want you to give me your gut response, and they're all gonna be either one word or one sentence responses. Does that make sense? Okay. Cool. Not good at these. Things. <laughs> all right. All right. Besides your match. Um, which one's going to steal the show? Kevin Ryan, Lee Johnson. Nice. Mm. Um, 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 uh, what is going to be Gary Lamb's predominant emotional state before the show starts? Fear that develops in the documents. <laughs> nice. Um, um, who is going to annoy you the most backstage? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe Pharaoh because I love that dog and I got bad allergies. 
so I'm worried about my, I'm worried about my eyes watering during my match. <laughs> who's going said. to be who's going to be in the audience that you are most excited to see your show and what you do? In the audience? Actually, yeah. um my mom and my dad are both my mom's remarried and my dad is remarried and they're both uh they're all driving down. So oh, nice. both sets of my parents uh both sets of my parents there to see Oh my god, the, the mega powers reunite. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> 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 um, all right. after, but when I was running shows in Pennsylvania, it was with my mom and my dad. It was a really become a family thing, so for them to see what Gary and I built is really gonna be special. Great answer so far. Um, what's a what's a, what piece of swag are you looking forward to taking from the show the most? Hmm. What piece of swag? Swag, or what's something physical that you're going to take away from the show that you're looking forward to the most? Um. Oh, we got some pretty new sweet turnbuckle pads coming. <laughs> nice! Oh, great, great. Um, a couple more tough questions. I want my hands on one of those. So, Larry, real quick. Larry, are you going to the show? Yeah. I okay. Um, what, what's something that Larry could say about the show that would would completely make you thrilled? What's what like what's a what's a possible sentence you could write or a phrase you could use about anything or anything regarding the show that would make you happy? Promoter, booker, and show of the year. Oh, I like it going big. And finally, my last my last question on the rapid fire round: How many people are going to see this fucking show live? One thousand and one. <laughs> Larry, I always told you you were a difference maker, Larry. I always told you you were a difference maker. <laughs> okay, uh, Dylan, clock on the wall says we're time for us to get out of here. You want to give any last plugs about the uh, hypes for the show Friday night? Yeah, be there uh, uh, Friday, May 3rd at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. Uh, doors open at seven. There's a tailgate beforehand. Um, never know who's going to show up. Cody Rhodes going to be there. Barrow's going to be there, and and you never know who else. But also, don't just come from the surprises. Come and and support great mm. indie wrestling because that that's what our show is going to put on. Um, we're going to be an indie wrestling show that deserves to have a thousand people there, and that's what we're striving for. Yeah, man. I, you know, I've, I've gotten sort of initial um, indications of how many tickets have already sold, and I predict the walk-up will be huge, and it should be yeah, huge. Um, congratulations to you. Congratulations to Southern Honor. I mean, we keep, you know, the, the, Gary threw the threw the thousand number out there, so that's what people are fixated on. But it's it's a cliche, but it is true, which is, you know the people that show up to this thing are going to be glad they were there. And even if, even if the number is 999, that it really right. doesn't take away from your accomplishment, everything you've done. Um, it's going to be a great birthday present. Wonderful for your, my parents together didn't see what I did until 
fucking 2009. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then but, even then, it wasn't like anything great. I was just like, fuck, they're seeing here to see this shit. Like they, you know, it's not like they came to sacred ground or something. I was like, fuck me. Right. Um, so I'm glad you're gonna you're getting your moment, man, and uh, it's yeah. it's gonna shine. And I I can't wait to hear about it. And just best of luck all around to the boys Thank and everybody you. else except for Gary we really appreciate you guys and all your support over the last few months and and we know we had to earn that so it makes it even uh even better so right on man well appreciate go get it. Thanks, Dylan. awesome guys thank you guys so much see you Friday So, so Larry, I got to ask you, how good was the show when I wasn't on it? It was probably pretty awesome. It was probably much more on track. And, yeah, uh, it was, you and Dylan it was probably okay. Had a great... You know, I asked a couple of fairly <laughs> serious questions. You know, I kept kept it kept it on the rails. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad I did the rapid fire thing. I thought that was it was actually very yeah. illuminating. I thought, I, you know, I think Dylan, the first time he was on, he was uh, I don't know if intimidated is the word, um, but this time he seems much more comfortable. I, I think once he's, as the kids say, I think he's like smelling himself right now, but in a good way, like he's he's very confident. Um, and it's the confidence that you get when you've delivered multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Southern Honor is the show. In some ways, it's the show that AWE used to be, where every match felt like it was going swinging for the fences. That's now Southern Honor, right? Um, Perks was the show that got the, the ridiculously huge crowds. Now that's Southern Honor. Southern Honor is like sort of like taken almost the life force from a bunch of different groups. Not in a bad way, but you know. There has to be a number one, and if and if last year was Southern Frieds, if a couple years ago was uh, Peach Dates, so far it's Southern Honors to lose. I I, I just thought of a weird thing, Larry. Um, I I was thinking of this, um, of doing this as a list, uh, and, and I'll do it because because I I know you you sort of loathe um, like having to rank and file and put your name on that, and I get that, but. Um, and it, has this ever been done before? Um, the, the, the dynamic duos of Georgia wrestling, who are the best booker and promoter teams? No, I don't think any, I don't think we've ever done it or that I'm not aware of anybody doing anything like that. No. Has there ever been a time in Georgia wrestling? And I'm putting you completely on the spot here. I know where that synergy between booker and promoter has ever been more important right now with with a like a ton of promotions in georgia no because often in the past it's been one and the same you know yes. the booker and the promoter so no i think this is a little different era in that respect and it's probably and that probably has a lot to do with the success you know i think it, gary lamb is whatever else you want to say about him i mean i've called him <laughs> the charlatan and the messiah right um but but what better way is there to describe a, a pure promoter than that, right? And I, I think he's, I mean, just as big as this, this is what's crazy to me, is he's doing this humongous show on Friday, and then the next day is actually the biggest event that he promotes all year, is that barbecue and brews. 
like mm-hmm. tens yeah. of thousands, like thousands of people go to that thing. And that's got to be his bread and butter, right? And, uh, I mean, to do the things like that back to back, I mean, you want to talk about balls. I mean, that's, that's a promoter's promoter. But, you know, right now at, at Anarchy, um, Southern Fried, right, has a, has a lethal one-two of promoter and booker. You know, Peach State kind of has suffered because they, you know, they, lost yeah. their, they lost their one-two punch. And now it's sort of like ambiguous about what's going on. I, I, I'm, I'm really fascinated with this notion right now of uh, the promoter and booker dynamic duos in the state. So I'm going to definitely delve into that on my own. So what, what, what are you going to be? Obviously, you're going to be at Southern Honor on Friday. Um, Should are be a you double taking shot. any of their shows? Yeah, I'm going to mm. hopefully Southern Honor Friday and Southern Fried on Saturday. This is the last Southern Fried show prior to Shindig. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I make, hopefully I make both of those uh, this weekend. Yeah, that's the plan. I, I mentioned in a video that um, it's so wonderful to see um, – and see, I'm going to have to take a guess. Rob? Correct. <laughs> yes. So between you – Rob, that great report by Nick. And, you know, when Feltner mentioned PWX, my only gripe with Britt Wolverton, who I think his show recaps are as good as anybody's. They're fantastic. She's got to put the crowd because you know how I am about that. That's that's just my, like, that's my bugaboo, well, right? He's got to put the crowd. I'm glad you mentioned that because I reached yeah. out to Britt, and I didn't ask him for – I mean, I should have, and I didn't ask him. For, he didn't put one in, and I didn't ask him for a crowd number. So, so I mean, from now on, he definitely will. Yeah, and because uh, and because PWX is he he's not listing it because he's ashamed of their crowd. That's for damn oh, sure. No. I see the pictures. <laughs> I, I I see the pictures of those shows. The the days where we used to contemplate you and I in private, like PWX, what the fuck? Like how how long are they going to be able to stay in business? Those days are long gone, right? Speaking of so, which, uh, yes, we, we do have Brian Kanabrowski as a future guest for the show. Really? Yeah. Good. He said he'd love to come on. So that we'll get that we'll get that lined up. Definitely. I told him absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, all the guys writing show reports, um, I love it. I love the Puerto Rican news report thing. I love it. Again, it's it's not a thing that I would normally be into, but it's it's put down in such a succinct, easy to read way. Uh, again, Georgia, if you're not going to GWH, newsandnotes.blogspot.com, you need to. Um, it really is the touchstone. I know there's a number of other sites that put up, like, whatever the fuck they do. But but at the end of the day, Larry, um, and, and, you know, all credit due to, to Rich, who started this thing with you, right? Like, did a, did a great service. What Rich wanted, I would assume, is – here's a place where everybody can look and see what's going on. And it's obviously changed in a lot of ways, but I think he would be proud of what exists now. He probably wouldn't be proud that I'm such a big part of it, but beyond that, he would be be proud. He would be certainly proud of you and the work that guys like Brian have done and that kind of thing. I think it's, and the awards, I think it's, uh, you know, undeniable how important those awards are as well. So, hey, what, you know, one thing you you mentioned the the Puerto Rico news and notes, and Alfredo yeah. is a is a has a wealth of knowledge. Alfredo Feliciano, wealth of knowledge about Puerto Rican wrestling. And you may ask, 
how the heck did Georgia wrestling history ever start running Puerto Rican wrestling news and notes? And the answer is I have no idea, except that somehow Alfredo linked up with Brian Slack and began sending all this stuff about Puerto Rico. So that's that's how it happened as far as I know. <laughs> I love it. I mean, again, it just shows, I mean, Georgia wrestling history, but it's really about the Southeast. I mean, and, and I mean, it all really connects, does it not? I mean, when when Dylan's talking about, you know, guys hit a lot, most of the guys hitting him up from out of state or from Florida. And that's an amazing accomplishment because if we're being honest, the the prominent guys in Georgia, the sign of your success was that you emigrated to Florida and did their shows. And it is, there is something pretty great about now Florida guys are looking towards Georgia. It's, it's, it is a sign that there are promotions in Georgia that matter and are really putting things on the map. And it's a great thing. Um, You know, you know, I was the guy who bring guys in from Florida because I'd see them once I moved here and not to pat myself on the back but I'm patting with both hands and I'm going to get a third hand so I can pat myself three times but people like Sue Young right people like Rich Swan yeah people Rich like Swan. Leva Bates you know all guys that I saw you know the first time I saw Rich Swan you know he's teaming with uh, Roderick Strong and I saw him do things that I've never seen in a wrestling ring and I'm like I'm bringing that fucking guy in you know, like, or, you know, I saw Sue Young and I was just like, oh, oh I'm in love. It's every girl I had a crush on uh, growing up in Hawaii. So <laughs> bringing her in and, and, and it's not with, with, it's with no small amount of satisfaction that I go like, and what did they do after they did a lot, you know, or guys like the Lucha brothers who now have, and so very proud that floor that Georgia is now a destination spot instead of the place where you cut your teeth and then you go somewhere else. I think all right. this chatter that constantly goes on of, well, if you don't wrestle out of state, you ain't shit. I think a little of that has died down. And now there's this idea of, no, I'm proud that I wrestle for a promotion that other people, other prominent people want to come and do. So kudos to Southern Honor and the other promotions leading the charge in that. But anyway, can't wait to read the show reports, Larry. Um, great show. Thanks, Special thanks to Jonathan Feltner and Dylan. I, I'll never be able to say his last name, so I'm not even going to try, um, for coming on. Uh, best of luck to Southern Honor and Southern Fried and all the other shows running next week. And we will see you in a couple of weeks on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.
Hey, Mar, I tried calling Mom uh, about an hour and a half ago, and she didn't pick up. Um, I thought I'd better call and see kind of what's up, so um, give me a call when you can. you doing? You're 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 just finishing now? Okay. I just wanted to check in with you since I had to talk with you this week to see how things were progressing. been there a couple days. Gotta give it more. Yeah. Yeah, you just started on Friday, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I got the things that you asked for as best as I could match up with what you wanted. Um, they only had, they had only a small salad, so, pardon? They only had small salad selection because they had a problem with the refrigeration section, so that I had to take what I could get on that. And they only had four of the bolts, so I had to get another one for the fifth pack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Chris or Randy said anything to you about Social Security coming tomorrow. Yeah. So you don't have, that's up to you. I certainly don't. That's completely optional. They wanted to talk to people. It's nothing to do with you or your benefits. They just want to make sure that, that, that you guys actually exist and that you're actually getting your rent paid and things. But you don't, there, I just wanted to be clear with you. There's no expectation that you miss program to talk to these people. Um, that, that's not necessary. That they can do it at another time if they really need to. And they can talk to Chris and Randy. They don't need to talk to you. Um, and I already told them that you were in a program this week. So... Um, I just want to make it clear that it's not it's not a requirement on you that you do that. Yeah, he said that the day we, the day I was there, that you needed a sponsor. Yeah, everybody that everybody needs a sponsor. Okay. All right. All right. You know him. You like him. You can't hurt. The worst thing you can do is say no. You know that's that's not the end of the world if he says no. Yeah. Well, at least for this next time period, it'd be good to have him and then go from there. Yeah. I, I'm saying you know you need one now to to finish the program and then if that sponsor doesn't suit you or it doesn't seem to be working, well, then they can make another 
decision, but for this time period, you need to have it. To me, the thing isn't sponsored or no sponsor, but having people that you can reach out to in times of need, whether that's a sponsor or not. So that you have someone you know you can pick up the phone and call when you think you might be in trouble. And, you, and in that time when you need more support, that there's somebody you can call then, not after. Yeah, when you have those feelings, thoughts, that there's someone you can pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, I think I might be getting into trouble here. What do you think? No, I think everybody's path is different, and you have to take what you can use and, and that works for you, and not everybody's going to use the same things the same way. That there's no magic formula. I don't believe that. But I lean, believe there's certain elements that are important, like having supportive people, having a support system to help you with sobriety, whatever form that takes. Yeah, very, very few people can do it alone. There's people who can't, but there, I don't think there's very many that can do it alone. No, I don't think you are. I think there's very few of them. Who? Yes. Yes. Sure. Yeah, you call her before you you call her before you're drunk, she'll be she'll be all ears. You don't want to hear from you when you're drunk, no. Yeah, she doesn't want to hear she doesn't want that. If you call her before and ask and reach out to her for support, she's fine with that. Yeah, I mean, who wants, nobody wants that. No, no, it, 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 no, it, it costs you, it, it, it costs you in the long run because people then aren't trusting of you. Yeah. Yeah, all sorts of bad stuff. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're a very reasonable, you're a reasonable, easygoing guy, you know, most of the time. But when you drink, you're not. You can be. You can be. Okay, I just wanted to check in with you. I'm going to go, but I wanted to check in with you and reach out to me if they run into any trouble this week, okay? All right, thanks a lot, man.